Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, tonight's a big one. We're opening up season five, episode one, with Cal Poly baseball stud Brooks Lead. This episode is titled It's the Baseball Life, man. But before we get to Brooks, Dude, you had a big weekend, man. What's up? Yeah, went down to Baton Rouge. We got to watch Kaya Johnson and the LSU gymnastics team take down number six Auburn. And Alona killed it on the bar. She killed it on the floor. Kaya killed it on the ball and then brought it home with the final routine of the entire meet with a 10. Ended up being the SC top 10 number one. So shout out to our girls from LSU gym. Then I got to head out to Alex Box. Watch some LSU baseball. Our boy Cade Beloso with the Beloso bomb. Devin Font shutting it down on the mound. So, uh, you know, good to see in off the bench athletes doing their thing down in the, down in the boot. So, absolutely loved it, bro. Well, from the boot to the West Coast, man, let's get into it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, Cal Poly baseball star and the number one draft prospect in the country. Brooks Lee. All right, Brooks, my man. Thanks for joining us. How are we doing tonight? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, of course. We've been looking forward really to having you, but also just the start of college baseball season. Um, we have quickly turned our guest list over the next two months into really up until Omaha, nothing but college baseball. We're excited. Uh, we're going to dig deep, but more so we're going to get into your story. But before we get there, man, talk to me a little bit about um, the temperature out west. I'm in Florida and it's it's beautiful. It was a little chilly today, but it ended up being about 70, 72. Jim, on the other hand, I I get on him all the time he's over there in mississippi and it's it's frigid so what's what's it like on the west coast right now you guys out in the water what, what what's happening yeah it's uh it's pretty nice out here it's probably like 60 which is actually a little cold for us usually but um right on the coastline in san luis obispo so one of the nicest places i think you can grow up especially in california so we, you know, you you said it was a little little cool for the water, but are you a water guy? You get out there and surf a little bit. Oh yeah, I, that's my whole life really is baseball and surfing. So uh, no matter what, I like to be in the water. Man, I I bet it's probably a good release, a a good way to just be out with yourself or with your with your friends, just chilling out, doing your thing, man. But um, let, let's get into this backstory a little bit. You talk about the West Coast, but, you know, specifically, where did you grow up and where are you from? Yeah, so I'm from San Luis Obispo, which is where Cal Poly is. And I live out on the outskirts uh, on a ranch, um, which you probably wouldn't think, but uh, it's uh, called Edna Valley. So when you say ranch, like in my head, I'm thinking Yellowstone, like ranch, ranch. But that can't be it, right? Uh, that's pretty close. Um, it's a uh, we got a pretty big property with cows and uh, lambs and other animals. So it used to be a vineyard, but uh, had to tear it down for some cattle. 
Nice. Well, I, I'm I'm blown away because now my perception of California is, is as close to Texas as it comes. Because <laughs> I mean, we yeah, got a guy who surfs uh, and lives on a ranch. I know it's the opposite world. Man, it, you get the best of both worlds out there, but. You know, I always ask, you know, about family dynamics, brothers, sisters, and, and just growing up. But, man, like, I don't know if you have a chance and you live it every day. But, like, when I read this off, your dad is the coach of Cal Poly. Your uncle played for the Giants. Your grandfather was a boxing, football, baseball, basketball coach. He's in the Cal Poly Hall of Fame. Like, the lineage of that, being around that in your family, man, like, what is that like? Uh, it's different. Um, it's definitely not something that uh, the average person will go through, but uh, I'm extremely blessed to have uh, been born into such an athletic and uh, really prosperous family from San Francisco. I mean, we've been here for over 100 years, so uh, it definitely is a little different when I have uh, LEE on the back of my jersey. I bet. Uh, any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I got a sister. She's uh, 23, uh, just graduated from U of O. Right, all right. So was there – was she an athlete, y'all both athletes, uh, competitive growing up, or was it something that you just pursued on your own? Um, it was extreme competitiveness growing up. So, so some of my dad definitely forced into us. But um, she went to Oregon just as a student, but she did track volleyball basketball we both swam as kids um and then i mean i played all the all of the above basically for every sport so all of all of the above what were what were some of your better sports i mean obviously as a kid i'm sure you kind of dabbled in everything but what were the sports where you're like man i'm really good at these sports uh i would say swimming uh basketball and then i started surfing my freshman year of high school and that's something that um I'm probably second best at now, but uh, that and then I couldn't really throw a football growing up, so wasn't a fan of that. But I really wish I played like tackle football. Uh, I never got the chance to. So, when did baseball in, enter the picture? Were were you a little older, or were, was it something that you picked up at a at a very young age? Uh, probably like three years old. So, um, have video of me taking video or. Uh, my dad taking video of me with a with a wall bat like at three years old. So you you end up you know at three you, you obviously you're you're progressing at a elite level because of where you're at today. But um, talk to me about your high school career and you know you don't have to get into minor details, but just a summary. You know how how was it? Um, what were some of your highlights? Best seasons? Best teams? Uh, so I went to San Luis Obispo High School, uh, which is where all the um, brothers that my dad had and my dad went um, and for high school. And I mean, I think I my best year was my junior year. Uh, I had I think I hit like 462. Uh, not a very dominant baseball league out here. So um, a lot of people like to do track and field and soccer. But uh, I mean, that was probably my bit my best moment was my freshman year i actually made two errors using someone else's glove at second base um to basically lose us the game and then uh, in the bottom of the seventh because we only play seven i hit a walk off to pick myself up so how do you how do you end up with someone else's glove 
It's got to be a got to be a story behind. Yeah, it's uh, I was using some crappy glove, but uh, forgot it at home. Just one of those things uh, that the immature kid does. So sucks. Daniel, I, t- I tell you what, man, Brooks just became my guy instantly. He doesn't even understand. That's how Cam became my guy. You remember he gave up those four four runs in the first inning in the rain, and he went back and got five himself. So, like, Brooks is my guy. He made the errors, he owned them, and he went and got back himself. Yep. It, it's, it sounds like he wasn't trying to own it. It sounds like he was blaming that glove. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, the, it's the Indian, not the arrow. No, yeah, I, I got you, man. Like it, being a baseball guy, coaching, like I, I know how important the fit and the glove and the feel and just more than anything, the, the comfort of your own stuff, like it make it makes a difference. So um, you, you left out a few accolades. You were Pack 8 Player of the Year, Collegiate high, Baseball High School All-American team. Um you know, was that through travel ball? Was that through high school ball? How do you how do you pick up those accolades? Um, those are all through high school. So um, I received a few awards freshman, junior year, and then um, senior year, same thing. But uh, really, I mean, uh, I I played a lot of travel ball growing up, but uh, I wasn't at the peak of where I am. Um, and I grew seven inches in eight months my freshman year of high school. So that helped out a little bit with sticking in the middle infield instead of being a catcher. So D1Baseball.com names you as the top pro prospect in the West Coast League. You were then selected by the Giants in the 35th round of the 2019 draft. All 30 teams prior to the start of the draft were pulling your name out in order for a, a verbal commitment, which ended up being at, at Cal Poly. But man, like, all of this pro interest, like I, I have to ask, man, was was pro ball ever on the radar, or because Cal Poly and your dad being the coach there, you you you're growing up there, was that always where you were gonna go, or or was the the temptation to go to the pros there? Uh, it was there definitely. So I was. I mean, I would say I was pretty bipolar and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, go to bed thinking I wanted to be a professional baseball player in six months, and then the other side tells me I want to go play for my dad for three years. But uh, it was a for me. I actually made the decision the day before the draft, um, and it was more of a, my decision. But I say it's a family decision because um, I was sticking with the family to let them watch me play um, at home and. I mean, there's nothing more important for me than giving back a a solid player that my dad created um, and giving him the best chance of winning because that's what I know he deserves. You know, that's uh, mad, mad respect because I know when you when you're a kid, obviously the dream is to, to do whatever you are passionate about at the highest level. And obviously, you know, having the opportunity to get drafted and take that um, and you know, force that dream into fruition, it's got to be tough, but it's also a very respectful move to go, you know what, um, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to do what I feel like is best for me right now. And you've, you actually have, have put yourself in a, in a, in a very, very good position. I know Jim's going to get into that, but man, 
Um, I know with the way that drafts work and, and nothing is nothing is guaranteed. So for you to, to, to take a step back, reflect and go, I need to do what's best for me and now still have the ability to move forward, man. You're a stud too. You're at a, an elite level. Yeah. Was it at least a little bit tempting because it was the Giants and that's who your uncles play for? Um, so that was just like a, uh, um, what do you call it? Basically like a respectful pick, um, where they just, they pick you in the, like, I was originally supposed to be like maybe the latter half of the first round or early second. Uh, so once I made that decision, they just picked me just to, um, show me some respect basically. Ah, gotcha. Makes sense now. Yeah, was I was wondering tempting. why it was so far back, but you know, I don't know. All I got is the information that they put out. Yeah, yeah. So that was – I think that gets lost in translation a lot. But, um, yeah, I, I was, I mean, still happy to get drafted, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, usually when we ask a guest, we talk about the transition, you know, to college life. But for you, you know, we've been talking about you've had a unique story just because of your family in general. And the same thing goes for college. I mean, you live there already. Your dad's a coach. So, like, um, was there, you know – excitement or was it just kind of like you were already used to being there so it was just ready for the next step um it was both I mean I was really excited to start and hit the ground running so um and just kind of be a part of a the college uh situation but I had already known every player um and I knew everything about the program because I'd been there my whole life so it was more of like I was excited to finally put everything I knew into into my play and uh unfortunately I didn't do that I'm sure we'll talk about that later about uh, my knee injury uh, but I mean I was still very excited to get there yeah no that's right where I was going to go it says you had surgery on your hamstring um you know you didn't play uh some of the 2020 season you know is that something that happened before the season start of the season when did that happen uh it was the second week of inner squad so I got surgery on uh, Halloween, the 31st uh, in 2019. Sucks. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And so, like, you know, uh, what's that What's that rehab timeline and process look like for you? You know, how long did it take before you got back to your normal self? Uh, it's supposed to be six to eight months. I came back in four and a half. So, it's called this uh, – reason why I came back so quick is um, this tourniquet that they put around your leg called blood flow restriction uh, and they tie it up basically and get a bunch of air pumps so you have all this pressure and you do a bunch of exercises with low weight but the oxygen goes um, it goes uh, it doesn't go into your bloodstream but it comes out of your leg so you're dealing with uh, half the oxygen that you usually have in your leg and it's supposedly supposed to build muscle twice as fast because you don't have oxygen um, and you can do like five pounds um, with the BFR on feels like a hundred pounds. Like it's pretty crazy, but uh, that's what helped me get back so quick. Yeah. When we talk to you guys, it's amazing what they're doing medically now to help you guys rehabilitate from injury. Like the, the science of it all, like, and guys are, like you said, are coming back faster. They're finding newer ways. Uh, it's just amazing. Like next thing you know, y'all are like going to be able to be healed the next day. Like some, it's going to be wild, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, 2020, it seemed like the right year for it to happen. Right. It was a COVID, it was a COVID season. Everything was just weird anyway. So if there was like a season you could pick to just kind of throw out that it seems like that would have been the one, right? 
No, definitely. It was a blessing in disguise for that to happen. Because um, I got to work on my upper body and other parts. Uh, but, yeah, I needed I needed that extra time after the season got canceled to uh, be healthy for summer ball. Yeah, I didn't have this on there, but since you brought it up, you you like uh you like the weight room? Are you a cardio guy or a weight room guy? I'm a weight room guy. I should be a cardio guy, but I shouldn't get that big. But it's really hard not to. He, he's figured out the secret. He knows how to put on muscle real quick. He just ties tourniquets around himself. <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Nah, Cade Beloso told me the other day, Daniel, these these little chest boy baseball players need to start hitting the weight room. So I, I, that's my new question. I'm going to find out who's hitting the weight room and who's not. Yeah, he's a big fella too. So 2021, you know, first all uh, first team All-American, you know, leading the team with 342 batting average, 384 on-base percentage, 626 slugging percentage. You know, you led your team in home runs with 10, RBIs 57, um, total base is 139, broke the single season record for doubles with 27, you know, tied for fifth in the Big West record book. I mean, it just, just goes on and on, you know, one of six finalists for the Brooks Wallace Award and uh, semifinalists for the Golden Spikes Award. So, I mean, you know, I can read the accolades and everything. Um, before we get into the team, just talking about you individually, you know, especially coming from your background and, you know, having dad as coach. Did you personally meet the expectations that you kind of set for yourself in that season? Um, I would say, yeah. I Like, I didn't think I was going to hit 10 home runs, um, especially on the West Coast. So, to, we played a really big field. That's why I had so many doubles, because um, our gaps are really big. But, yeah, I mean, I, I was impressed that I had power um, and I would hit for so many extra base hits. It was like I had 40 extra base hits and I had 37 singles. So that's a, that's like a pretty difficult and um, unorthodox thing to do in baseball, especially. So but you yeah. should have went to Tennessee and played Lindsey Nelson. I, you, you'd have had 30, huh? I, yeah, gosh, I would have, or ASU or, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I don't think about it, but I mean, it would translate hopefully. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with doubles. Da Daniel is a guy who tells me all the time, just getting on base is getting on base. It doesn't matter what yeah. form it is. Um, so, you know, as far as team, y'all went 31 and 25, you know, 21 and 19 in conference, uh, but you did take series from UCLA and USC. So, um, you know, not too bad, but obviously, you know, 31 and 25 couldn't have been, you know, where y'all wanted to be. What do y'all got to do to take that next step to, to progress from a 31 and 25 and, and compete at a higher level? Obviously, you know, you are beating some Pac-12 teams, so that's really saying. But what, what do you got to do as a team um, next year to take that next step? Well, we got to hit. So, um, in order to have our pitching have a little bit of cushion, we got to give them some runs. Uh, so, that's a huge thing. Uh, and then just we need more guys in our bullpen to step up. Uh, we have a few guys. Like, I live with all pitchers here at my house. Um, they're all key guys. But we need just a few more players to step up. And um, I think I think we have a good chance this year. But uh, in order to do anything, we got to put runs on the board. Because if we do pitch, it doesn't mean anything if we can't hit. All right, so I'm going to ask this because we always watch all our guests play. You know, I'm going to check out y'all's games for more than just you. You know, you said those those pitchers around you. Give me the guy that I need to pay attention to. Who's Who do you pick is going to have a phenomenal year? I got three guys in my class that are um, top. So, 
our first guy was a guy who played with uh, USA. His name is Drew Thorpe. Um, he's a right-handed pitcher. He'll pitch on Friday nights. And then the guy that'll pitch on Friday nights to close will be Kyle Scott. Um, I mean, throws harder than Drew and uh, probably going to be a top top four or five rounder. And then another guy who's our dark horse is Derek True um, from Santa Barbara. He uh, just had a really good outing last weekend. So that's the, that's the start of um, another guy kind of stepping up into a role. Daniel, that's our guy, Drew, the dark horse. That's who we're watching for. Or Derek, Derek. Oh, Derek. Okay. Hey, yeah. that, that's gonna be it, Daniel, because we're gonna we're gonna see if Brooks called it. The the guy who's gonna come come out and shock the world. Let, let me g- give me give me Kyle because he's gonna close things down. He's gonna come in when the game really matters. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, uh, ninety four to ninety six with a power curveball, um, slider, and a changeup and sinker. It's a uh, it's not easy dude's, to hit. That dude's throwing four pitches, man. He's throwing, yeah. he's throwing gas, and then he's saying, "You know what? Try to hit this." You know, you know what? Since since Brooks knows him, and we're talking closers, Daniel, I read the most amazing stat yesterday on our boy Landon. Do you know last year he only threw nine changeups change ups. total? Yeah. yeah, we give him crap about it all the time. And you know what? You you know what's sad? The hitters. <laughs> the hit. hit Dude only yeah. throwing nine changeups. But Still that's it. But that's the thing. He's now no longer a closer, so that changeup is going to yeah. have to be right. there. Only, Dude, only bad last year. Only bad hitters hit changeups, Brooks. You know that. It's true. Chest high changeups, the worst pitch <laughs> in all baseball. <laughs> all right, so Brooks, you know, we talk about what the team needs to do. Um, you know, everyone has room for improvement. So even with all the stats and accolades we read off, what's the one thing that you feel like you need to improve improve upon uh, the most, whether it's in the field or batting or, you know, whatever? Um, I mean, I would just say leading my team to more wins. So last year is the first year I really was able to be the leader on our team um, from a playing standpoint. So it's just all about trying to figure out how to win games because that's what that's what the ultimate goal is. But um, you have to have somebody on the forefront that can play, but that can uh, really elevate everyone else's game. So uh, and that's that's what I'll do this year. Is it easier to lead as the coach's son, or is it harder? Uh, well, with all the things that I think I know about baseball, it should be easier. Um, because, you know, when you're a coach's kid, you just get an earful of all the information. Uh, but it's it's difficult because I don't want to come off like the coach. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to just be the, the peer that just has a regurgitation of what his dad just said. Right. Yeah. No, I, I could only imagine, um, you know, it's got it's got to be a tough thing. But nonetheless, uh, you know, your role and you know that you need to be a leader. So you got to find the, the right way to do it and get it done. Um, you know, we were just talking about Landon, you know, Team USA honors, which is, is such a privilege. You know, we've interviewed guests that you played with. They've all talked to us about you, whether it was whether it was Landon or Drew Gilbert, Gonzalez, Lotan, you know, and the best players in the country. I wanted to ask you about that experience in general first. You know, what was it like playing with the best players in the country? I mean, it's the best uh, best feeling in the world when you're on the on the field with USA across your chest and. Uh, I thought there was going to be like a lot of egos on our team just because everyone's the best, but that was the exact opposite. Everyone was um, really nice and 
we were all very competitive, but in the right nature. Yeah, and I'm glad you used the word ego because there's a guy who doesn't have an ego. He's very quiet. We've had him as a guest, plays the same position as you and Jacob Gonzalez. And what I want to know is is the, is the quiet is from what we know anyway is the quiet guy. You know, was there some some good friendly competition going on between you two guys, being that y'all both were shortstops? Uh, we were really just enjoying it. Uh, we had talked a lot because uh, we had Tulo, uh, Troy Tulowitzki, who was coaching us up. So, I mean. We were just more soaking in the moment, but it was soup. Is he doesn't talk at all, uh, but I, I gotta I gotta have him talk. I need someone in my ear right next to me when we're taking ground balls to say something. I don't want him to just be a warm body. So so it is true that he he just doesn't talk much. No, he. I mean, he came on our I show and to, actually would... talked more than the, than his teammates said he would. So we were pretty impressed. Yeah, he he's. Uh, I don't know. He likes to be quiet, but um, he's pretty funny. So, well, I'm going to ask you about a guy who's on the opposite end of the spectrum, and that's uh, Drew Gilbert. I got to know, man. Every guy, whether it's Team USA, whether it's his Tennessee teammates, they say the guy's kind of crazy. You know, I, they some have even used the word a little bit psycho. Are these rumors true, Brooks? That's true. He's a little. Uh, we used to have a teammate just like him. We'd call him Schizo, uh, but he's a. Uh, he is a psycho for sure. <laughs> I didn't have him on my team, but if you just watch him go about whatever he's doing on the field, it's uh he's out there. But I I hope he doesn't get pissed off that I say that. He he no, he can't because every guy has came on here and said that about yeah. him. His his teammates were a little kind of harsh about it. They, you know, his roommates were saying he was a bona fide psychopath and he was scary. So I mean, you're not going to do any worse <laughs> than they did. But he came on here and he didn't act like one. But I do got to ask, you know, relating to him, you know, he's known for his bat flip. Are you a bat flip guy? Uh, I'm a bat drop guy. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have enough time to think. I because I'm slow, so I got to get out of the box quick in case the ball hits the wall. Yeah, you did say you had a lot of doubles playing in a big park. You don't got time. You don't got time. I get it. But uh, his, da- his, his dad would have something to say if he didn't get out of the box quick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wore, a, I wore a tank top, like a wife beater under my jersey the last weekend. And I hit a home run, and I pulled it out like that, and he just – he was all pissed off at third base, in third base box. I was like – he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He he wouldn't even shake your hand running by, would he? Um, he was like, good, good. look. He's uh, <laughs> he's old. He's as old school as we can get, really. Man, I I gotta ask you then. Okay, so I'm asking these questions because I've never had this happen. But do the guys come to you and they go, Brooks, your dad's got to chill out, man. Like you got to say something to him. Like, are you like the 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 voice of reason in between the? the clubhouse and the, and the coach. Yeah. Sometimes on the media, like if it's, uh, I mean, if we want, if we don't want to wear pants, we want to wear shorts for like a real light practice. Like I got to go up upstairs uh, and say something like, come on, like, I don't want to do this. Like I, I can get it changed a little bit, but other times it's like, it depends on what he had for breakfast or something. Cause I have no control over it sometimes. You ever, you ever tell the guys, look guys, Today's not the day. Like, y'all want to talk to him? Go ahead. But I'm telling you, today's not the day. Yeah, I know before everyone else does, just because the way he walks into the locker room or onto the field, there's, I don't know. I don't know. It's something about him. Maybe it's like his complexion or something, but I can tell. 
I mean, Daniel, I got I to gotta give him his props because, you know, I worked with my dad for years, and it's hard being around my dad every single day. So I could only imagine doing, doing what you do, Brooke. So uh, shout out to you for being able to, to successfully do it and survive every day and then also be able to take care of your teammates. But, you know, going into this season, you know, um, your 2022 preseason first team All-American by basically every baseball writer out there in the country um, projected top five MLB draft pick on basically any board. Um, how do you focus and not let the expectations of the whole country get in the way of your mentality? Um, it's really about like what I want to do with uh, me. So I know that what will make me happy when my career is over is being a, a Hall of Famer, just playing to the capability that um, I know I can. So it's more of uh, really just trying to block. I mean, like I know every draft board because I get tagged in all of them. Um, so it's like, it's not like you can't not see something um, or ignore it, but uh, it's just another one of those things where it's a good problem to have. And uh, I, that's what I signed up for was to be the face of uh, Cal Poly or uh, Team USA or whatever, whatever it is. So um, I'm used to it by now, but uh, I'm happy that it happened. So, you know, as far as the draft, is that something that you constantly think of or you just say, you know what, I'm going to remove that as far away from my brain as possible. I'm just going to focus on what I need to do today and then tomorrow we'll focus on tomorrow and then whatever happens in between, that'll set you up for the draft. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, no reason to put any added pressure uh, on yourself. So I whenever I see something online or it's just whatever, I'd rather be lower on that list to give me a little more fire or something. Um, Cause that's what that. I thrive on. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's my nature. And that's the way I am. That's how I'm wired. But um, I like to, uh, yeah, just try and go by my day the right way. And um, I know that all the things that I do throughout the day that are going to help me achieve what I want is um, the ultimate goal. So there's nothing to, um, I, I would push aside all that stuff in my head, but um, I'm I'm ready for it and I'm excited for when it does come. Daniel, I'm gonna send Kendall Rogers a message right after this is over and tell him to take him off his first team list and take him out of his top ten projection just so we can get yeah. him fired up. Move, move him to eleven, like yeah. right outside the top ten, where you're like, you know what? Screw y'all. I, I know I know I should be in the top ten. Yeah. No man, that's uh. From all indications, man, you're you're where you need to be right now. You know, if I can suggest anything is just have fun with it, man, because not everybody gets a chance to be where you're at. And if you if you take it too seriously, man, you'll look back and go, ah, I, I should have enjoyed it a little more. But um, with that, let's move into a game before we get you out of here, man. This is our First episode of season five. I got a brand new list of this or that question. So I'm kind of excited, right. man. We, we, we piloted a few, a few weeks ago. Um, but I kind of narrowed down the list to what I think is a pretty good one. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, Brooks. So it's very simple. I give you two options. You pick one option or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. Be decisive. Pick one. Yeah. Sure. Good. All right, here we go. First question. Would you rather be able to talk to pets 
or babies? Like full blown conversations, like a pet or a baby? Pets. Pet? Out. All right. Do you have any pets? Uh, I have. Uh, I have. He's got dogs. horses, bro. Well, yeah, I got all that, but I got two <laughs> dogs that are like lab rats. They're they don't count. They're too small. Uh, and then a miniature dachshund. There you go. You got a little miss. Yeah, so got man. Look, man, you got so many. Like you, you could have Doctor Doolittle stuff going on around there. Yeah. <laughs> um, is the glass half full or half empty? And it seems uh, like so a half empty. All right, my, so, my guy. Yeah. So, so here's what I'll say, and I try to put a positive spin on 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 everything. So, when people say that their glass is half empty, that means they just thrive under pressure. They know that the glass needs to be full, so they're working really hard right now because it's getting close. They got they got to yeah. put something in it. So, so there you go. Uh, would you rather? live with dinosaurs so would you rather go back in the past and live with dinosaurs or would you rather go into the future and live with aliens i'd rather live with aliens really really yeah oh man that's- i've actually been i get i go down the rabbit hole and that stuff conspiracy <laughs> i thought you said the way he said i've i've actually been i was fixing to say oh we've had an alien oh, sighting okay. yeah I, right. I, I know too much it, do, do you believe in aliens? Let's put it that way. Uh, I would say yes. So you, out there. So do you think that there's somewhere out there is an Earth-type place where there's people doing what we're doing? I bet they're a lot further along than we are. Uh, but, yeah, there's... Not in baseball, though. Uh-uh. Can't take said, that away. He says that with almost certainty, like he's read something or has like oh, this insight. I know too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I like to, I like uh like spy stuff and uh, alien stuff or FBI, CIA. So I like that stuff. The west, the west coast is the best coast, right? <laughs> I mean, Florida's not bad either. I'll tell you that. Hey, it it, it it's not bad right now. You're right. Yeah. Um, would you rather owe money or owe a favor? I'd rather owe a favor. Why? Why a favor and not money? Um, well, it just depends on what the favor is, but I, I don't know. I feel like I could probably do whatever task is needed. I don't want to owe money. That's The, the reason why you don't do say that. favor, Brooks, is when you get our age – your friends always ask you to help them move, and it's terrible. You don't ever want to have to owe that favor. I ain't helping nobody move ever again. I don't even <laughs> want to help myself move. So I just live far away. Yeah. Uh, would Would you rather be the smartest person in the world or the richest person in the world? I'd rather be the richest person in the world. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so... Why? Why not have the brains? You you couldn't get there with just brains. You couldn't be the uh, richest person with brains. I mean, too many people would be asking me questions. Um, but and also, real smart people overthink a lot. So um, I like being dumb in sports. Uh, to uh, and that's how you make a lot of money too. So. 
Would you rather have a second chance at love or a second chance at a career? That's a That's deep a second question. Chance. I'd rather have a second chance at a career. Man. Man. I know. Well, it's because every yeah, the, time I swim, that, I swim that, every day. That one girl could have got away and like, this This is nah. it. You get a second chance, man. I'm good with that. Uh, I, I got a girl right now, so I better, hopefully I never get a second chance because I, I won't need it. But um, when I swim every day, uh, I always see the pool and I go, damn, like, because I have a swimmer's body, um, like big back and long arms. I really wish I could have been in like the next Michael Phelps or something. All right. Last question. And this is one that we're, we're going to solidify as probably a forever question. Would you rather spend five years in jail or 10 years in a coma? Ten years in a coma. Thank Smart you. Smart man. Thank Smart you. man. Daniel, I know I know we've eliminated some questions, but he's a baseball player. You gotta ask him about hot dogs and hamburgers, bro. It's it's just a it's a must. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no? Ah, I'm gonna put my thinking cap on. Uh, uh, this uh, this is easy. I, I mean you know what? A hot dog is a sandwich. Oh, yes, that's, yes, that's not that's not right either. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. You just, put, you just put the meat in between two pieces of bread, basically. But man, it's really one piece because it folds. There's. It's I think you got the top notch stuff. I always get the the cheap stuff that falls apart. Oh man, come on now. You, I, I I hope. Okay, then I hope this time next year. You're able to buy hot dog buns that are connected. <laughs> yeah. If if we'll not, see. if not, I'm I'm going I'm gonna look you up and I'm gonna send you a dozen Some nice Nathan good nice good hot dog buns. His, his his belief, Brooks, is that hot dogs and hamburgers are their own category. They're not a sandwich, and they're not even a hot dog hamburger. They have their own category. You told me to pick one, so I had to. So. Yeah, you're right. I like your answer. I like your comb answer. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. Glass half empty. I, man, I like yeah. all those answers. Man, all right, Brooks. Anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here? Uh, nothing. I'm just uh, happy that you guys took the time to have me on here. I know it's late. Um, back where you guys are, so I appreciate it. Hey, man, we are we are blessed to have you. If there's anything you need along your journey, please reach out to us. We'd love to. Obviously, have you back on. Anything you want us to promote or put out there for you, let us know, okay? Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right, y'all follow Brooks on Instagram at brookslee22. And if you like hearing Brooks' story or you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback is always welcome. Next week, we're back with episode two, and we're back in the SEC talking Ole Miss baseball with Derek Diamond. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, great and grind all the time. We're out.